plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosher of Bleacher Report. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And as always, I'm joined by the one and only Landon McCool. You can find him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. You can also listen to him on his show, the How About Them podcast, and about, uh, what, 1,100 other podcasts a week? I don't know. Is that even a real number? It feels like that at least. 1100 is a real number, yes, and uh, it feels like I'm doing at least that many podcasts. Yeah, podcast life. Everybody loves podcasts. But uh, this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Cowboys podcast is brought to you by mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Use the promo code Locked On at mybookie.ag. Uh, on today's show, Lane and I are going to discuss some of the notes after watching the All-22 film, uh, after we finally got it to load uh, on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, we're going to focus on the offensive side of the ball today, and we're going to talk about Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, some of the secondary receivers. You know that we're going to touch on the offensive line uh, and so much more, so let's jump right into it. Landon, I'll let you go first. We each wrote down three observations that we have. Give me one of the one of your biggest observations after finally being able to crack open that All-22 film. <laughs> um, well, I think, you know, and this may be a common feat, uh, theme a little bit later in the week when we start talking about the defense. Um, but I, I, I really feel like the big difference in this game to me was uh, yards after catch. Um, and I think that on offense, we really struggled to get any yards after catch. And I, and I think that's really uh, was a big part of, of, of the struggles is that even the, even the passes that we were completing, uh, people weren't breaking loose, people weren't getting uh, extra yards. Um, and, and I think when you look at what happened between, you know, these just look at how the performances were between the two quarterbacks. Uh, I don't know that Simeon played, so much better than Dak as much as the guys he was getting the ball to were making plays. And, you know, a lot of that could be <laughs> the defenses that each team was facing. But, and and we'll talk about, you know, tackling, I'm sure, tomorrow as well. But um, I, I think that, you know, really when you look at the performances of the of the passing attacks for each team, um, you know, you could talk about pass rush, you can talk about coverage and all that. But really what, what it came down to is that after the ball got in the hands of the wide receiver, uh, the Denver Denver receivers are still running, and, and the the Dallas receivers right. Were and a lot being of that tackled. is due to the routes that the Cowboys like to run. They like to run a lot of routes that are coming back toward the quarterback, especially Dez. Um, Dez just doesn't have unless he's catching a slant. There's just not many opportunities for him to make plays after the catch. So I mean, I, go ahead. Yeah, I, I I heard that complaint a lot. I heard a lot of people talking about how there wasn't enough in breaking routes from De, De, Dak and or from Dez and all this stuff. But if you go back and watch the tape, like 
there was disaster almost every single time they, they mm. ran slants. Like it, it, whether it was Dak throwing the ball poorly or Dez, you know, n- not catching a ball. Not even just not catching the ball, but knocking the ball straight up in the air in the middle of two defenders for an easy interception. I just like, think that's a fluke. Though. You know, I'll, and, I'll and defend Dez on was, that one. That's just a fluke. But 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 okay. But that's that's uh, that, and that's fine. That it, totally that's a fluke. That and, and I think that Dax pass was a fluke as well. But the point is, is that they ran they ran like probably I don't know like seven or eight slants and and, and I mean not just with Dez, I mean across the board and. They were having problems with 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 uh, with a lot of them, and and a lot of it was due to what I'm going to talk about a little bit later in the yeah, show. Yeah, so let's. I'll go ahead and jump into these the, kind of the secondary receivers outside of Dez because this kind of ties into it. Um, they just don't make enough plays against good defenses. Now, this doesn't mean that I hate Cole Beasley and Terrence Williams and Bryce Butler. But you need your secondary receivers to step up, especially when you were going against tough corners like uh, Keep to Believe and Chris Harris. And in this game, they just really didn't have any big plays. And I can understand Terrence Williams not making a lot because he was pretty banged up. You could see even in this game, he just didn't have that explosiveness. And I understand that one. Uh, that, that, yeah, was, that was yeah. impressive, that part. But Bryce Butler dropped a pass that would have been close to a first down. This is two weeks in a row these dropped a pass. Uh, I mean, when you and I discussed this before the show, but Cole Beasley just doesn't look like he has the same explosion in his lower body that he had in the preseason. So they need those guys to step up when, when Dez is quote-unquote struggling. And it was just one of those games where nobody on the offensive side of the ball could seem to make the right play at the right time. Yeah, and, and, and I think that, you know, I, I don't know if, if uh, Beasley is, uh, is being hampered by, by a lower body thing or what's going on. I, I don't know that it's – I mean, I, it's, I, I can't really tell if it's, it's his explosion is missing as much as he's just not using it. Like, they, they, I, I just noticed it's – and maybe, maybe I wasn't looking enough, but to me – I saw Beasley running a lot of slants, a lot of um, you know one cut routes, and and you know he was rounding some of them off, like and and you know a little uh, certainly more than he's he usually does. Um, and then I wasn't seeing the the whip routes, I wasn't seeing the 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 double moves inside to to lose you know the 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 coverage inside. It, it just it, it I don't it, the, it's not that I've seen him and think that he's playing slowly though i've seen some stuff that i I makes me that kind of make gives me pause it's more that they're not using him in ways that they were they normally use him which makes me wonder if if that's due to the fact that he's just not capable of running those routes the same way and and they're aware of that and they're trying to help him out by not calling those routes on you you know what i'm saying I, i think it's it's more about his usage that seems off than his play. So next week is going to be a big game for those secondary receivers because Patrick Peterson is going to follow uh, Des Bryant all over the field again next week. And it's going to be up to Terrence Williams, Butler, and uh, Cole Beasley to beat some of those other players. So I'm looking for them to bounce back next week because they're really, really going to need them. Landon, how much do you love fantasy football? 
<laughs> you you, you uh, can that, answer that for me. You, how much do you think you I love it. fantasy football? But <laughs> if you like, if you it, yeah. like to gamble but. on football, and if you like to pick lines, like I like to pick lines, go to mybookie.ag. It's been in the business for years, and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money for doing absolutely nothing. And they have the fastest payouts. Seriously, just two business days. You can bet on the Cowboys-Cardinal game. Right now, the Cowboys are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Not a bad line. Uh, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. If you join now, my bookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Landon, give me another observation that you had. Uh, so the uh, the zone zone running game. So one of the things that I wanted to see, and I think we even talked about it yesterday, was uh, you know I kind of felt like uh, uh, as a whole their defensive game plan to attack the zone scheme was to uh, over pursue. And then um, just basically, if I guess, dist- you know, have an extra man to kind of destroy the the back end of 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 the of the, of the cutback. So uh, after watching the tape, what really happened was that they they were over pursuing. They were kind of trying to push Zeke to bend it back or you know or bust it upfield. Um, but what was happening is that. And this happened on both sides. I saw it go in both directions. That the backside pursuit was, uh, <laughs> well, the backside cutoff blocks that were being made by the tackles and Collins and, and mm-hmm. Smith were just just not working. They 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 were they were uh, they were trying to to cut off uh, Gatsis and Wolf and and Gatsis and Wolf were just basically destroying the the play because what would happen is that Zeke would get to the get to the point where he's ready to cut it back upfield or try to press the hole and wait for a little bit of, of a chance to cut it back upfield and as soon as he hesitated uh Gatsis and Wolf would be on top of him um I you know and I think that you know you saw it like I said you saw it with both Collins and Smith they're they're trying to get these backside cutoff blocks and and honestly I'm I do I I start to wonder if maybe part of this has to do with the increased uh, emphasis on the cut um, blocks, on uh, yeah, the cut block, bo- cut blocks. Because uh, honestly, what's happening is that they're they're asking Lale and and Smith to make kind of these difficult cutoff blocks, um, especially because it felt like at times they were kind of reducing Gatsis and Wolf it down, not even as five techs, like more kind of like. Like four techs, or or, or maybe like sometimes even like three techs. Like they were playing them like almost just like th- straight up three techs, and um and and that reach to get there, like Smith and 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 Lale are like it's diving. Tough. They're having to like dive to, to to get to get in front of these guys. And basically, what's happened is that Gotsis and and um and Wolf are the kind of guys who can handle a, a three hundred pound person diving at them because they're three hundred twenty pounds. So they just basically are just. Pushing Lale and, and Smith down on the ground and then getting into the backfield and making plays. I mean, I I knew Wolf was was a dude, but I didn't realize Gatsis mm-hmm. is a player, man. Like that guy could. I, I, I mean, I watched. He was really impressive week one from the little tape I saw of them. But just watching this game, like he is a monster in the run game. Like he is basically exactly 
what that Denver defense needed. That defense it's significantly is significantly better against the so run. So much better. It's yeah, so much better than I thought against it was. The run. Like, especially it's, it's crazy. The run. No, yeah, I mean that's and that's really uh, that's I guess that's what I meant is because literally I thought they were maybe the most difficult team to pass against. But I thought they were the weaknesses that they were had, would be able to give up runs because I mean he's he Gatsis is is an automatic mm-hmm. upgrade over Crick like I don't the Crick's done like he just got Wally Pipped Gatsis is over there destroying dudes' worlds like it was it was ugly like both now that they have both Wolf and Gatsis doing that it it, it makes it and really you know, difficult. The scary thing about their defense is they didn't even have Shane Ray in that game. So I mean, they're just defense is going to get better. Yeah, I I I, I think I. But Bear just have, Chain, they've right? just got another in, guy in that they can bring off the edge. It's just ridiculous. yeah, just to have a third guy. Yeah, so exactly. I charted yeah. the number of men it's in the true. box like I do with every game, and of Elliott's nine carries, uh, five of them had at least eight defenders in the box, and that doesn't even count uh, safeties that blitz in after the snap. So. The Broncos made a a conscious effort to make sure that the Cowboys did not run the ball. And part of the problem is that the Cowboys are pretty predictable in when they're going to run the ball. I think they were the run-heaviest team on first down last year. So if teams know you're going to run the ball, it's a little bit easier to stop them. Uh, unfortunately, for the rest of the league, they don't have – not many teams have that personnel to match up against the Cowboys that way. Um, I want to talk about the tight ends a little bit. I thought Jason Witten was okay. He dropped the touchdown. Uh, I thought this was one of Hannah's worst games that I've seen him. I mean, he had some tough assignments on the edge. Uh, A couple times they had him matched up against Von Miller, uh, out blocking out wide, and that's just going to be a tough matchup for any tight end in the league. Uh, I mean, it's not a concerning thing. I just think, again, like you mentioned yesterday, it just happened to be one of those games where it seemed like everybody had their worst game, uh, you know, in the last few years. So, not concerned, uh, not worried, but again, I didn't think the tight ends played all that well in the game. Do you have any thoughts on it? Real quickly, uh, Jeff Swain. We really haven't seen much of Jeff Swain. We have not. We haven't seen yeah. the you know play action rollout to dump it off to Jeff Swain like we saw earlier in the year last year. Is that because you know Prescott hurt his ankle in the first quarter, or is it just because they? I don't know. What do, What do you think of just their overall thoughts about the tight ends right now? Well, I, I think that that just to answer your last question first. I think that that is a, a function of their. I mean, that that play doesn't really work unless you believe that mm-hmm. they're going to be running the ball. So, I mean, and that was actually the problem with the running game overall. Yes, on Sunday was that they got out of a you know they got out of their game plan so quickly because the score got out of hand very fast. So. They, they they couldn't you know have their normal mix of run pass that they would like which you know that play is very indicative of that right like it's that when you have that 50-50 play you're running that play action pass because it's you don't the you know the it's that uncertainty that makes that pl- play so 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 dangerous but um yeah I totally agree to get to your point about the tight ends I, I totally agree I think the tight ends had a bad game um as a group I yeah I think Witten specifically yeah, had you know, a couple of really good plays in the receiving game, but um, specifically, I mean, he toasted, mm-hmm. toasted Justin Simmons in that on that double move on that kind of stick uh, up and up uh, out and up, and um, uh, that was that it was, was a nice thing catch of beauty. Too. Um, it was, it was a pretty nice, then, especially considering the past. Yeah, no, it really was. It was. 
I mean, all around, I would say that he honestly looks better as a receiver than he did last year. Like, and I would say even yes, significantly better as a receiver. Now, as a as a blocker, <laughs> I I mean, I you know he didn't he didn't have a great blocking year last year, anyways. But I, I you know I've definitely already seen a couple of issues where, and if you want to incorporate like him coming off sides or you know like you know getting penalties in the blocking game run blocking game too like I, he's he's struggled at times and and yeah hannah i mean hannah's a trained killer so uh, uh, you know that one particular play i think you're probably thinking of where zeke uh-huh. got a five-yard loss because of uh, but but see e- but but see even that play again he made that guy miss what got him was the backside pursuit that 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 Alale wasn't mm-hmm. able to cut off so you know, you know what I'm saying. Like uh, that's the difference between having a great running back and a good running back is that that play would have been dead as soon as Barrett got him because a great running back, a good running back doesn't make that guy miss. He gets tackled. Zeke made that guy miss, but but unfortunately he couldn't make the second guy miss because you know he already made one move. So, but yeah, I agree. The tight ends really struggle blocking, and and we have not seen other than. Than uh, than Witten, we have not seen them used in the past game almost at all. All right, let's pause for a second to tell you about SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there's a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. Uh, How are the people in Los Angeles liking their two new teams out there? Oh, you know, I mean, we're almost getting as much attendance at those games combined as (laughs) one USC game. So they should use SeatGeek to fill up those stadiums, right? That's a plug. I'm pretty sure that one of them is SeatGeek oh, <laughs> Stadium, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, uh, <laughs> man. All right, so SeatGeek is designed Maybe to make not. your ticket-buying experience easier than ever. Best of all, our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code LONFL today. That's promo code LONFL for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Fill up those stadiums, please. Those Charger fans need you. All right, let's go ahead it's it's actually it's actually StubHub oh, now that I remember that, it. What's what, a stub? That's what. See, that's how pathetic StubHub yeah, is. They got a terrible stadium. We're not you guys should use SeatGeek. We're gonna leave that right in. Um, let's talk a little no, bit about Dak Prescott because uh, I went back. I went back and watched Who? the game, <laughs> and uh, I was not impressed with Prescott. I, I just I wasn't. I mean, I know Jason Garrett loved the way that he battled back in that game. Uh, but I just thought he was off the entire game. Uh, the, he one-hopped a ball to Dez. Dez had to break up a couple of passes. He missed Beasley high on another. Even the touchdown pass to uh, Jason Witten was off target. I just thought he was erratic all game. And what worries me a little bit is that the last three games that we've seen him, in the Denver game, the Giants game, and the Packer game in the playoffs – all three of those games, he started off slow. Um, it took him, you know, three or four drives before he finally settled down. Now, is that just coincidence? I don't know. I mean, it, maybe he's getting a little bit too amped up for these games, uh, but I think it's concerning. I, I mean, I'm not willing to say that the Cowboys should, 
be worried that Prescott's not their future franchise quarterback because he is. I mean, he, he he's still fantastic. I just thought he was off, and those games happen. Uh, it, even to the best quarterbacks in the league, I know Brady last year went and played in Denver, and he struggled there. It's a tough place to play. I just was not impressed with watch with Prescott's performance after reviewing the film. What did you see on Dak? I mean, I think it's all relative. I, I mean, I think, you know, if if Dak throwing 60% completion percentage is, is a crappy night, then, is you know, I'll take his crappy nights. Like, that's – I just – I feel like there were a lot of other things that went wrong a lot worse than Dak Prescott, and I feel like he gutted out whatever he could there Can I, I interrupt real quick? Can I, but this, uh, is, this is one of the things yeah. that – we never really appreciated with Romo sometimes is there was always a lot going on with Romo that was bad around him, but he was able to mask some of that. I'm just a little nervous that as good as Prescott is, he might not be good enough to mask if the defense is really struggling in the game or if the running game is really struggling like it did in this game. We just haven't seen... Yeah, but neither neither, neither was second which year is Romo. Fair, which is we just haven't got you to know, see Prescott second, in a lot second, of those situations. Second, second year Romo had second year Romo had twelve that's, Pro Bowlers on his team I, on offense fine. and on defense. And 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 and, and I, I mean, I, my point is, is that like the bar for for how Dak is playing is not where Rome, healthy Romo from last time we saw him left off is. Like that's that's not the bar. Like I, I, I think that that's an unfair bar to even place at him, you know, like because that's not even fair for Romo. It, 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 I mean, you know, if, if if the bar is what Romo was doing before his health gave out to him, like that's that's clearly unfair because, you know, what that that level of performance that Romo was was playing at was, you know, top two quarterbacks, top three quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, that 2015 season or uh, uh uh, or 2014 season. 2014, well, I yeah. I can't get my season mixed up. Well, you know, 2014 season, like, you know, I mean, that he should have won the MVP. Like, I, 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 I think that the problem is, is that this is this is a different team, like, and 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 not just like in some simple ways, in, in the way that they're, they're playing and attacking teams, like, it's a different team. And I think that, like, you're you're right to a certain degree that that. You know he had a uh, had a really really bad game, like and for, especially for Dak. But I also think that like that that whole situation, like uh, yeah, he missed some throws here and there. But but at the same time, like there's circumstance there. Like he got hit 18 times. a lot. Eighteen times. He, I mean, and 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 and, and bat and and even free hits that the refs the refs should have called off. I mean. Look, I'm not going to get into a whole diatribe about how the refs play, were in this game, but <laughs> at the very least, they should have been protecting our yeah. Because he got hit twice off of and they weren't doing and they weren't doing that. So, so uh, you know, look, I, I think I think there's some things there that that affected his game. Uh, I but I also think that the, the guys weren't weren't helping him out by getting open a lot either. So, uh, you know, I think that I, I there's lots of blame to go around. I'm not concerned going forward. I think that those three three times that he's had slow starts, he's played against three, you know, really good teams. <laughs> you know, the the 2016 Giants were really good. The 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 2016 Green Bay Packers were really good. These these Denver Broncos, I think, are really good. Like so, uh, you know, I I, I think it, we're we still got some games to go. So let's see let's see where he goes from here. And I I I definitely agree. He did play a. Uh, 
a great game and, and he threw two two picks that were uh probably not his fault and then two other plays two that didn't get picked that you know probably he should have been picked on so I think it probably evened out in the end, and the stats actually kind of show what kind of night he had. And it wasn't great, but it also wasn't the thing that And how much them. of that had to do with the Broncos just getting their hands in the passing lane? I know this is your final point, point. I want you to touch on that. But how much of it was the fact that the Broncos knew kind of how to time their pass rush and their jumps to make sure that they cut off certain routes, especially the slant routes? Well, I mean, I think, it, yeah, like what, like we talked about earlier, I think that it's it, it, beyond all the passes deflected on at key moments, too, if you go back and watch. Like, uh, you know, it, there were definitely some key plays that were knocked down. Like, I, I'm thinking of that Von Miller play where they, they ran the RPO and it was going to go to Witten. And, and, and you know, just like th- they had pass deflections, but then also, uh, you know, the kind of hidden stuff that doesn't show up in the stat sheet where – you know, Dak double clutches because he gets a hand in his face uh, in the first window of, of a slant, and, he, and then he has to wait for the second window to develop. He can't wait long enough because the pass protection breaks down, and he has to escape. Like, there was also one know, to Beasley. Stuff like that there was that one to show Beasley up where Beasley st- beat Chris Harris yeah. off the oh, line yeah. of scrimmage, and he was open. Dak kind of had to pump it because the guy was there, and by the time he got rid of it, Harris already recovered. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and, and there was and there was another one that the, that exact same thing happened again, and he got it like later on in, in later on in the game, if you remember, like where he where the exact same thing happened. Beasley broke inside, and uh, had and I think it was uh, Gotsis got his hand up. D- Dak had to pull it back, wait for the second window, and then hit Beasley, and Beasley almost got the first down, but Harris caught him from behind. I think it was a little bit later in the game. So, I mean, the, the point is, is that it happened over and over and over again, where even if they weren't getting home they were getting hands up in the throwing lanes and it was affecting their ability to get some of these these slants some of these you know in breaking routes and if you go back and watch like i was trying to find the numbers but i and i didn't chart it enough but i I, i'd like to know like if you go back and watch all the slants or all the quick in breaking route passes I, i mean i would imagine that almost half of them if not were affected were somehow even slightly influenced by Hands being in the in the throwing lanes, hands being in the window, and 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 affecting Dak's ability to see where he was throwing the ball, or you know if there was someone there. Yeah, and I think it's fair to just give credit to the Broncos, and this is why Vance Joseph got that job. Aside from the Broncos just having a ton of talent, yeah, he's really good. S- what that that was, I have to say, and 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 I'm glad you brought that up because it, it talked to me too about this because. To me, after watching that tape, I, I mean, hats off to their both sides of the ball. Mike McCoy, too. I, I got to say, I, 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 the one thing going into this game I was concerned about is that McCoy's given the Cowboys trouble before. I mean, when the Cowboys, when he was offensive coordinator San Diego, like I remember him, you know, just killing us with wheel routes after wheel route, uh, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, I thought that just going back and watching that, like it just seemed like they had an incredible game plan that optimized both their talent and what we were, were going to want to do, and 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 it just it really it we didn't have an answer for it, and it was it was it was kind of tough. What talk to me real quick about what what you thought about? Yeah, the coaching. I think it's much improved over last year. I, I really like Wade Phillips, and I really like Gary Kubiak, um, but. This is a young, younger coaching staff that obviously the players love. I just think they're they're more refined and they're more 
prepared every single game. And you you even saw it in the first week that against the Chargers, it just seemed like they were so much crisper than the Chargers were to open up that game. I was impressed. Uh, I did not think heading into the season that the Broncos were any kind of contender in the AFC. But you know what? That's a team that matches up really well with New England. I mean, if, if New England's going to lose a game, that's the type of team that is going to give them problems because they can get pressure with their front four and they've got the corners to match up with the receivers on the outside. It's just a really good team. So hats off to Denver. I thought they were fantastic. Any final thoughts? Go ahead. If you can't, if if you can't, I was just going to say, if you can't stop, really what it seemed like to me is that if you can't stop their short passing game and if their receivers, because they have great receivers, because if Thomas and Sanders and these guys and, and Green can get uh, catch the ball while they're running and, and mm-hmm. be on the move, then look out. I mean, you know, like the the one thing they probably can't do, really, the only thing that they they can't do well is throw the ball down the field because of their pa- you know pass protection but situation. Uh, and I just don't to. know that I. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but they, but they, as long as they're they don't have to, as long as they keep making big plays with their running backs, because uh, or and their wide receivers, like then they they don't need to. And and hats off to them, man, because if they get you in the position like that where you're playing from behind, you have to pass to win. Good luck doing that in Denver, man. It, that was really, really Yeah, and as long impressive. as C.J. Anderson is healthy, they're going to have a good rushing attack because he is a really underrated yeah. player. Yeah. yeah, He, he was he, a monster. He's, yeah, he doesn't absolutely. get talked about enough. But that's it for today's show. This edition of the Locked On Cowboys podcast was brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Get into all the action with MyBookie.ag where they will match your deposit up to 100% with a 100% bonus. Just make sure you use that promo code LOCKEDON. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Hit us up with a five-star review. Uh, leave a review and your Twitter handle, and you'll be eligible to win a free Pro Football uh, Focus Edge subscription. We both have it. We love it. We love looking at those signature stats. Uh, make sure you go ahead and do that. We'll be pulling a winner every single week. We'll be back tomorrow to discuss our all 22 notes on defense. Please, please be good to us, NFL Game Pass. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.